new beginning. All right, welcome everybody to the Grief Dreams podcast. My name is Sean Ram, and I'm alongside, as usual, with Joshua Black. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. As I always say, I'm grateful for all that comes my way, and especially uh, with this forum that we're just trying out, and it's actually growing to something that is just amazing and beautiful to see. So thank you for helping us reach new levels of uh, goals, understanding, and helping the, um, the guests actually uh, feel valued by uh, listening to these episodes. I'd like to welcome Kimberly Ryan to the podcast. Kimberly is the program manager at Bereaved Families of Ontario, South Central Region of Ontario, but she also has a pretty extensive resume uh, in many different areas, such as mindfulness. Uh, she spent over 35 years in the social services field. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, Kimberly, I, there's too much to, to talk about here. <laughs> That's a lot of years. <laughs> so how did you and Joshua Black meet? Well, I think we met through a network, a grief network in the Niagara region. Oh, yeah. And from there, uh, we we had a, went and had a coffee, and I gave him a little bit of background on, you know, why I was interested in speaking with him. And part of it was um, after the loss of my son in 2009, um, I had some dreams, mm. so I wanted to share those with Joshua, and so we met for coffee and, and had that conversation. It was nice. You've always been a big supporter of what we're doing, and I think that's, you know, that's beautiful for us to see, and you also, like, share some of the stuff on Facebook, and it's yes. just nice to know that you have support as you move forward, and you're one of the first ones to really support that movement, so thank you, and I'm glad we have you on here to talk about your journey and, you know, what, what life has brought you so far. And so I'm guessing we're going to, I guess, go into 35 years of what? Social work? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, social services, a lot of community work. And, you know, I've worked with a a lot of different types of groups, you know, young people, um, people who are, you know, needing extra work with employment, Mm. you know, looking for work and that kind of thing. But I got into the bereavement aspect of things. Um, back in 2012 was when I became a volunteer with Breed Families. So did some training with them to facilitate after going through a, a support group myself. And it was after yeah. your son passed away, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, and then was hired three years ago as the program manager. Wow, yeah. that's interesting to sort mm-hmm. of come in as someone needing support to then give that support back. Oh, yes, it, it is. It is. And it's um, it's been a... It's been a really um, amazing journey. Um, sometimes not so easy, but I've met some really super people, including yourself, um, and made some really great friendships um, in like through some of the different uh, meetings and just things that we've done through bereaved families. Nice, yeah. nice. And so you brought in your loss right away. So how has your loss sort of guided you in this journey? Because it would have been a huge. Um, huge loss for it being your son mm-hmm. right uh in terms of guiding it's just you know you uh when it first happened you really don't know which way to turn and uh so information comes your way which happened in for myself uh, an old friend told me about bereaved families mm-hmm. which i didn't know existed because i live at the really south end of norfolk county which is a bit of a hike to hamilton so, um, but really, uh, was really um, hungry for support, and there just wasn't anything locally. So, right. traveled to Hamilton and attended that group, and uh, really, when I look back, it 
sort of saved my life because um, I realized I wasn't alone and that there had been many, many, many parents who lived through, you know, the, the death of a child. So ongoing from there was just meeting, you know, uh, making friendships and meeting uh, other supports mm. and things that, different things that people were doing, including like the network, mm. once I got involved at Brief Families. So um, uh, his loss has brought me, you know, many gifts as right. well in terms of uh, the people that I've met and the work that I've been able to do. Um, yeah, ongoing. Yeah, definitely ongoing. Have you always had those skills, like compassion, kindness? Because it seemed like, I mean, you spent a career helping others in a way, right? Yeah, I, um, probably, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, that interest was always there, that I wanted to also turn um, his loss, which was very tragic and sudden, into something that was more meaningful and positive. So with the self-care aspect, um, you know, I started doing the retreats for bereaved mothers, oh, right? Mm. And I offer those twice a year, and that's totally separate and apart from bereaved families because mm. I was doing those prior to being hired. Oh, okay. Um, and what took me that in that direction was uh, I had been interested in yoga and meditation since the early '90s, and uh, before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually. And, uh, and then, you know, got certified in a few, you know, in some areas in that aspect. And then when, when this experience of loss happened, I thought uh, one of the things I noticed was that the last person we take care of is ourselves. Mm. And, and it can take its toll on, on people very, very much so in terms of their health and just their well-being, so mental and physical health. And I thought, wow, like how can I... How can I offer something out there uh, specifically to mothers? Because that was my experience as a mother um, to offer something that's in the self-care aspect, but also bereavement. Mm. So putting the two together, I uh, gathered some very, um, um, you know, esteemed people in in my circle and asked them for some guidance. How do I, you know, what are some of the things I need to look for and look out for and to include? In something in a, in a weekend for bereaved moms and so what do you include <clears throat> so we do oh we do some wonderful neat stuff like uh, yoga mm. so we do sort of a regular what I'm calling a regular yoga practice but it's very um, it's very um, beginner <laughs> so you don't have to be a yoga person to to be able to to take that um, but and now more recently I became uh, uh, certified in restorative yoga, which is a very quiet, um, yeah, very quiet and restful type of yoga, but very healing for physical, for mind and body. Okay. So, including that now, along with um, we, I have a couple of volunteers who are also bereaved mothers who, who you know, support me through the weekend, who help with the meals. Mm. So it's all really good homemade food and. We eat a lot. Oh wow! Uh, we yeah. talk a lot. We cry. We laugh. We, you know, whatever, wherever the conversation kind of takes us. Um, so we do the yoga, the meditation, and I introduce things like maybe essential oils and, um, you know, loose leaf teas that might help with certain kinds of ailments or things that they might be experiencing since, uh, with the stress of the loss. Wow. Do so, you find that there's like a pattern or a common commonality 
of a struggle that they go through as mothers? Oh, definitely. Some of the themes are guilt, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's also um, just being able to, um, how do we support our living children, um, if we're lucky enough to have living children, um, as well as um, going back to work and those kinds of things. But but the biggest thing is uh, the whole, is mentally too. I, I'm really not going crazy. This is all, so trying to normalize the experience as well and matching that very nicely with um, with the self-care. Yeah, I think having like a group of mothers, you really get at that because there's all like I've lost someone, but if I shared my loss with them, it's not the same because they have a different experience, a different like perspective on their loss than I do, you know? Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. you said you brought up the guilt and I think that's very interesting because I think it goes to a mother and a father, like any kind of parent. Mm-hmm. Um, their goal is to raise their child and protect them, mm-hmm. right? And then when that doesn't Absolutely. happen, I think there's, yeah, there's those what ifs and like, did I do everything mm-hmm. I could? Like mm-hmm. all that stuff would mm-hmm. come up because your perspective is that you're responsible for this person mm-hmm. for their entire life and you can't turn that off. It's just, that's, you know, that's who you that, are. Right? That's, that's right. And even though it may have been a circumstance where it was, uh, wasn't at all anything they, they had control over, there still may be a piece of the journey yeah. uh, prior to the loss that, that, um, you know that takes them to a guiltful kind of feeling mm. that they uh, that they're still processing and it, and processing it takes time. I mean, we're now at seven years uh, since uh, Matthew's been gone, and th- there's another layer. There's mm. always a layer I find that comes up to um, to to move through. Right. You know? And uh, so, in terms of the retreats and everything that I do, it's about finding a healthy, positive way to, to do it because we know that things can go sideways very quickly uh, when we're dealing with grief, when we're dealing with um, uh, maybe stigma around the loss, how the loss occurred. Right. right? And so, um, this is all about grieving in a positive way healthy way as best as best we can as they say in mindfulness just as best you can yeah I love that because you're adding all these elements and they're all unique and different you know whatever it is that you're doing you know even just you know eating together sharing Mm -hmm. a certain tea together Mm -hmm. the meditation I think is vital I could see is well is there a lot of emotion that comes up like a lot of like purging maybe Oh yeah, the, I mean the emotion. The emotion happens simply because they're sitting with others who've had a very similar experience, right? So it's um, it's very um, safe for them to be able to to speak or to voice things that maybe they weren't they aren't able to voice mm-hmm. in their everyday or in other groups that they might sit with. So. Um, there's, a, a, you know, any of those negative type, what we, what we label as negative, mm-hmm. but they're part of it too, right? Anger, guilt, fear, anxiousness, mm-hmm. you know, depression, sadness, all of these things. Um, but then there's also all those wonderful parts, uh, you know, of, of their journey as well. So the people they've met, some of the experiences that they may, that they may now be having that they wouldn't have. Mm. if if the loss hadn't occurred and there's a little bit of guilt with that too (laughs) you know like and is it okay to accept that freely and without guilt you know Mm. because I don't have my child but I have this right have these new friends I have exactly yeah yeah. so yeah there's there there are 
the gamut of emotions are there for the weekend and although and it's not a therapy weekend mm -hmm. I'm not a therapist it's not a therapy group but it's about when you come together and to the table and you and you have that same similar experience anyway mm -hmm. yeah. yeah no judgments no now judgments. after like maybe on the last day or when they're leaving describe that like do you see it in their faces that they've kind of been able to get a little bit work done or oh yeah I, I'm always amazed every time it happens and we come to Sunday and um, you see the differentness in in each mom uh, as they're leaving and and yeah like, like they just, needed it yeah the, mm -hmm. the gratitude that they're mm -hmm. feeling as well as sometimes a, a huge release you know so there might be there might be a lot of tears in leaving right. you know because they're grateful for the weekend and they're also, like you say, some of that purging of of um, what's been what they may have been holding inside that they really couldn't voice with others. That's amazing, yeah. and hopefully you can get something out of that—the knowing that you're helping mm -hmm. and you're adding, you know. Oh, definitely, yeah. And and I also, you know, in terms of the spiritual side of of me, um, I know that, you know, you asked about um, being guided. Mm. because of the loss and I and I know that <clears throat> that's very very strong I know that I'm being Matthew's his spirit or his essence is there mm -hmm. with me and I think that's what kind of um, helped me get even get started with it you know was I was coming from an almost from a headspace saying you know I want to turn this into something positive right. but then it turns out that no it, it's there's whole other levels there and Part of that is knowing that um, his spirit is there too, as all the kids' spirits are there mm. when we gather each weekend. Yeah. And I firmly believe that each parent that I meet, I, I think, oh my gosh, our kids have met. Mm. You know, they're, they're in the same place, wow. so they've met. They're friends. And that just <laughs> blows my mind. <laughs> That's an emotional idea, really. Mm -hmm. And it's nice how, like you said, like it's, I think loss brings us to a point where we can, I think, have a deeper search for like mm -hmm. life after death. Like we actually take, like consider it and, and value that a lot more. Like before my, like I grew up in a very Christian home and like my mom and dad, they believed in, you know, in the afterlife, but I didn't really care. Mm -hmm. I didn't really, like, I don't know anyone who's dead. Like what, you know, like, and I'm going to live forever. That's, you know, that's what you think yeah, as a child, yeah, right? Yeah. But it's only after my father passed away, I sort of really requesting that and, and took time on that subject and it seems like you have too um, and the people around it just it's it's a question that people ask now that you've had a loss you know what do you think and I think there is some benefit uh, for some depending on like their beliefs mm -hmm, but for mm -hmm. some to believe that because it does help them feel connected and feel that bond and I think there's something beautiful about that bond because it's made out of love yes. and you know and when you can continue that love as um, further then there's only good that can happen, you know? Yeah, and that's so, what you're doing, right? You're yeah. really using the love that you have, that you still have for your son, and you're bringing people in that space for them to say, it's okay to continue to love too. And I find that when people lose someone, one of the things that they question is, can I still love this person, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Like that they're not around. Because usually we love things that are physically here, yeah. but to love something that you can't see anymore, well, then that's a, that's a different type of love. 
Absolutely, yeah. yeah. In, in, in bereaved families, like through the um, association, they call it continuing bonds. Mm-hmm. But just because our loved one is not physically present with us, it doesn't mean that we can't maintain a relationship with them. It might change a bit, right. but and it does change uh, for sure. But um, it's still there because they were a part of your life. They were a part of you. And so, mm-hmm. um, and how does it change? Well, it changes with remembering them. It right. changes with maybe taking something that they were very interested in, um, in their life or maybe had a vision for and making it happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I've many mothers that I've talked to and the support groups that I've uh, been involved in as well as at the retreats. They've taken something and and took it a step further and put it into an action. So for me, it was the retreats, Mm. you know, for another, it might be, um, you know, doing something with a charity group or um, taking um, a particular hobby or talent that their child had Mm. and making it into something you know, greater within that community or, or a group. That's interesting, yeah, because when I look at my own life, like my research, the all of the platform, it's right, it's, it's me giving honor to my father and the experiences mm-hmm. that he gave me um, from, you know, passing away. And it's like my continuing bond. Like I get meaning from this, like personally through my loss. I don't know about you, Sean, like I know you had some, like we talked about it on air, of you've had some people that have passed on. Do you ever do that or, or have you... I do from time to time, and I can see that, you know, like my grandfather, we were close, and I could see him, because uh, he was, he, again, I'll tell the story again, he, he was a minister, mm-hmm. so, you know, he was traveling a lot, going from place to place, you know, praying at people's homes mm-hmm. and doing this and doing that, and I'm not doing the same thing, but I feel like I'm also hopefully helping people in some way, mm-hmm. because... My, one of the bigger things that I, I'm realizing is we've lost kind of that whole community aspect, the mm-hmm. whole, and that's what you bring. That's mm-hmm. what your retreat does mm-hmm. is it's a place where people of the community come together and go through a process that they need to go through. Mm-hmm. Now, I think about all the people who aren't in those situations, the mothers who've had, unfortunately, or fathers who have children die and they don't know how to go through that process mm-hmm. because there's no set established community for that, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So... Um, yeah, from time to time, I do kind of think about that. And again, it's, I'm blessed that I get to work on this stuff. So. Yeah, because you're right in the field of grief, right? You like it or not, like this is the, the platform. This is what we speak to everyone on. And so it's like there is a part of you that's drawn to this topic because of your own losses, right? And I'm studying the quintessential question which is death. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, like, we're avoiding it all the time mm-hmm. in society. Well, this podcast dips right in there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So uh, going back to the comment you said, uh, you talked about how if someone, a mother loses like their only child versus mm-hmm. a child and they still have others, what's the differences that you see in them and the challenges you see in their life as they move forward? Again, it's that search for meaning, right? And um, I think one of the difficult hurdles for parents is the why. Mm -hmm. And and so, when there's a when there um, aren't living children to you know to take care of or or you know that you continue with in your family circle, Mm -hmm. then it's the then it's the now what? It's always Mm -hmm. the now what. But I think uh, for for parents whose only child has has died, it's really the now what. And, and I think too, looking at that, can I still call myself a mom, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because now mm-hmm. you don't have a physical 
person to say this is my child. And do you find, like, as people move forward, they still consider themselves a mom? Absolutely. That's nice. Yeah. And that comes along with how many children do you have, mm. you know. And, and uh, you know, it can be said in many different ways and depending on circumstance, too. Like, some people say, you know what, depending on uh, where I am or who it is, I, I'll just say two. Yeah. Oh, I see. But if, if uh, you know, if I'm feeling safe or I'm feeling that this is okay, I'll say I have three, you know, mm. one in heaven, two here. Right, okay. It's mm. interesting. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I could see that, you know. We open up to who we choose to open up to, and not everybody, you know, you feel comfortable and you can get to the heart of matter, matter real quick. Yeah, and, and you know, depending, and, and again, it comes back to that topic of death that you're saying, you know, how it, it, lots of times we'll make decisions because it's based on the comfort of others you know you want to make them comfortable or not uncomfortable so let's just not go there Mm. right but there's so many opportunities for education right right so yeah or what uh dr alan wolfelt calls a teachable moment Mm. here is a teachable moment yes you know and uh and so i think that's uh, something i learned from josh because joshua is very good at having conversations with kind of strangers you know oh, whether it's the grocery store going for a walk and <laughs> i got to see really quickly how you can have a, a a very close conversation with someone in a short time by just asking a question about loss and you know obviously you got to be careful how you approach that conversation <laughs> but like for instance for in my life um you know with with my dog rumble i mention him all the time <laughs> but i met someone who who stopped me this lady stopped me and she said oh you know she wanted to pet my dog and then we started talking i said oh do you have any pets and then she for half an hour we talked about her loss and it was beautiful you know she had this dog you know passed and stuff like that and i just built you built this bond just on the Mm -hmm. street talking to someone and and i think that's a special thing Mm -hmm. oh definitely so you give them a voice and like who how long that like especially with pet loss but even like the length of time People could have stopped asking about it and for them to share that memory brings up all those emotions that they could have sort of been repressing so i think it's beautiful that uh you're able to do that and you're able to talk about grief and loss in an open space you know because you don't have any training well you know? I, and again i yeah. i just happen to be fortunate to know you and learn about this subject through these interviews and all that but you know if i'm just some casual person you know, that's where i'm like man we need to get this word out we need to do a little better job as a community mm-hmm. I was going to say, yes, just going back to um, a mother who has children now that maybe has lost one of them. Um, is it hard for them to grieve in front of their other children? Like, do you find that is an issue? Um, because I know they, try to, they want to take care of their children at the same time. And so you're in this like kind of limbo. Do I share who I truly am and how sad I am? Or do I do that in the private of my, you know, my, yeah, that, my bedroom? You know, that's a really tricky, tricky balance, yeah. and and uh, in the early in the early weeks and months, uh, sometimes there's just no stopping it, right? Right. Um, but you do, you definitely feel like, oh, I shouldn't cry, I shouldn't break down, or um, and you know, at the time, my youngest daughter was twelve, and mm-hmm. so definitely there was that whole aspect of I need to take care of her, <laughs> and sh- I need to let her know I'm okay. Right. <laughs> like I'm, you know, even though in my head I'm really <laughs> crazy, feeling crazy, I'm okay. I can mm-hmm. take care of you, right? So, um, but what we learn in terms of the processing is, again, it's communicating things. So, you know, I was able to say to her, there are going to be days I'm not going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know that I'm gonna 
feel like this or I'm going to cry more or I might look like I'm really, uh, it might look scary to you, right. but, um, you know, but um, I need to do that. It's, right. Right. And, and it all, you also want to be able to let them know it's okay for them to uh. cry because younger, younger children and especially around that 12, 13, 14, they think they need to start taking care of you. And they, you know, they take on that responsibility. And so, you know, again, it's about letting them know where you're at and, and giving them permission and, you know, keeping those lines of communication open. It's always about communication. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Very true. And so if, where, do you ever, I think you have a website for your retreat. I do. It's a very easy to remember. It's bereavedmothersretreat.com. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah, so if you want to look into that, you know, please do. Um, and so we're going to move on to another thing that you're mm -hmm. a part of, which is Angel Fest. Yeah. What's this? So Angel Fest was created uh, with a, 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 col a colleague of mine. And, and uh, I don't know, I went, to a, I went to a festival down in Norfolk, um, Lavender Fest, or Lavender Festival, actually. Why did I miss that? And, uh, <laughs> you like lavender, Sean? I love lavender. Oh, there are a couple of places down there. And... I just had a great time there and was looking at all the aspects of it and I came home and I just thought, I need to do a festival. I need to create a festival. What can I do? And it was boom. Like, I mean, I have angels everywhere in my yeah. house. And I thought, yeah, we're going to do Angel Fest. We're <laughs> going to create an Angel Fest. And, you know, my colleague and I just decided to get it together. and. Uh, so we invite different wellness practitioners from communities and we try to put it out there twice a year, fall and spring. And, you know, with representing uh, bereaved families, I, um, you know, I've asked for people if they want to donate anything or I take their angels that they always sell every year and oh, okay. see, yeah. So, but, and, but it's everything angels. So, oh, nice. you know, and a lot of the people who attend, the practitioners especially, well, I mean, they believe in angels, so yeah, so well, they're there. <laughs> yeah, either you, you believe in them or you just like the the concept or mm -hmm. you know sort of thing, yeah. the the look of an angel. Yeah, um, there's, yeah. Some, there's some comforting yeah, yeah. aspect to them. Yeah. It definitely is, right? You're being watched, you know, mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff. You know, even like your loved ones are being taken care of from the angels. It's, it's a beautiful mm -hmm. concept. Mm -hmm. And so, where is it located? Uh, well, we 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 Bradford and Waterford areas. Okay. Those are sort of the two areas that we're in right now, um, and we've changed locations a couple of times. So mm -hmm. we're not. Um, I'm not sure where we're going to be okay. in the spring, but we're so, hoping we'll be back to the same the same location. Nice. So it's still Waterford. building, which is which is it nice. Is. Mm -hmm. so what do you want from it at the end of the day? So would you want it to grow bigger? Or would, do you like the size that it is? Oh, uh, yeah, for sure we would. I think right now we have anywhere from 15 to 20 uh, practitioners or vendors who attend. Mm -hmm. So um, if it grew from there, well, yeah, we would, <laughs> we would grow with it. Okay. Yes, yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah. It's nice to get the word out as to um, why we gather in that way, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of it is just learning about a lot of it is self-care as well yeah. that the vendors are about self-care and and about being open about the whole you know the spirituality aspect of ourselves right. as well and um and just being with other like minds which is always a wonderful thing to do yeah that's always fun that's why we love talking to people because we usually bring people on that have similar stories or 
or minds or like goals and so it's always nice to, to get more in depth into their lives and that's a perfect opportunity to talk with people you don't know and mm. and you have something common you know we both like angels right mm-hmm. so it's a good sort of you know mm-hmm. uh, icebreaker so you like angels too and you yeah, start off yeah, from that yeah. <laughs> absolutely and I love connecting people I think yeah. really uh, that's I think I was born with that Mm. Uh, need or something to just connect people and so it's another way of connecting people yeah yeah, you're talking about community right like how much you appreciate people who bring community together yeah it's a vital service you know Mm -hmm. you're doing such important work and people and the network that you have it's valuable you know people need to reevaluate this process now in our in our Mm -hmm. society we need to really look at this you know it's an important part of our life um, you know, if and if you're not local, then you know I encourage you to, you know, if you're listening to this in the states or in Germany or wherever you're listening to this, you know, share your story. You'd be surprised mm-hmm. that people will be open and receptive. Everybody has loss. That's the thing with this subject. So share your story and and you know, uh, get that relief you need or if you do need the relief because you know it, it can come. You know, just keeping it inside. You know, I know it can feel strange, right? Mm-hmm. That was our last podcast. <laughs> Sharing seems strange sometimes, but. It's it's just strange because we don't do it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I think the biggest uh, one of the biggest things I see when you bring a group of uh, and again I'm speaking from my experience a group of mothers together is um, it's not strange at all. Mm. There's no there's no um, nervousness. You know, once we've gone around the circle and everybody knows what they're doing there, it's. <laughs> Wow, there's just no stopping them from from sharing and speaking and and trying to support one another as mm-hmm. well. They're all there for the same reason. So wow. yeah. I guess the next topic we can go on is your mindfulness. You try to you train people in mindfulness. Is that correct? Um, I do offer classes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, in mindfulness, and I combine that with the restorative mm. yoga. So it's a really nice blend of just overall an hour and a half of taking care of yourself mm. and. You know, not not ha- not feeling guilty about having to be or do anything or anywhere right. else. Just uh, just be there and take care of yourself. And and with the mindfulness, it's all about um, anchoring in present moment, right? And and that helps us to appreciate um, uh, appreciate mm. who we are, what what we have, um, and then to take that out into the world, right? Which is what the loving kindness is right. all about. So with mindfulness, what you're saying is that uh, the key to that is just being in the moment, in the in the present. Yes, yes. Um, because we're always uh, well, I shouldn't say always, but we're mostly in past and future. Mm. We're thinking about where we've where we've been, what we've done, what we didn't do, what we shoulda, coulda, wouldas, all those things, or we're thinking about the lists. You know. Mm. How hard is it to stay in the present? It can be difficult. <laughs> it can be difficult. So hard. Yeah. And that's why it's nice to be able to do it in a group as right. well, because yeah. it's just much easier to kind of drop into that space when you have it set up around you. Although I say to people, you don't have to. Right. You don't have to have a, a certain cushion or a certain room or a certain candle or anything. You can just you can just sit anywhere. And if you have to, close your eyes and tune into your breath and you're there, mm. you know. And so how do you find this when it comes to the bereaved? Because, you know, like we talked, I think, mindfulness. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I think, know or understand mindfulness. But specifically for the bereaved, how do you see that affecting them? Um, I, th- I think where, where it can be helpful is, again, to, um, to take that mini 
mini vacation or space away from um, the the busyness. Mm. That's uh, the busyness and the craziness of of uh, of grief, but also. Um, if you need to gr- to also give your grief a space, you can mm. you can do it with mm. the mindfulness as well, because sometimes people run away um. from from their grief by keeping busy, right? Um, so something like mindful grieving. There is mindful mm. grieving, and um, Heather Stang wrote a wonderful book called Exactly That: oh. <laughs> Mindfulness wow. and Grieving, and yeah. she offers group support and uh, all online and. I mean, if you get an opportunity to look her up, she's amazing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked in the past about just uh, the automatic thoughts Mm -hmm. that we do in our normal daily life, you know. So I could see how, you know, taking the time out, quiet space away from the noise of uh, the world around you or Mm -hmm. even the noise of your automatic thoughts and just sitting in the present would Mm -hmm. be very beneficial. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we identify ourselves with grief. Right, and so this is uh, mindfulness is an opportunity to say, I am not just my grief. Mm. I am so much more. I am, more. I am. I am more. I am other as well. You know. That's interesting. I like yeah. that because you're right. Like I see that a lot, but to realize you had a story before your loss, mm-hmm. right? And so it's just it's part of you. Mm-hmm. It's not all of you. Yeah. Not being attached yeah. to it, yeah. but you know, seeing it, but not being attached to it. Yeah. And that's the difficulty because um, certainly in early grief, and especially for parents, it is all-consuming. And there's just, there, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, I, I, it's, I was there for sure yeah. for a long time. Um, because it just, you know, it just, uh, it, um, it breaks you. It really breaks you. So you you then have to start building from a very broken place, mm-hmm. and a lot of times a very you know if you think of war and you think of a building that's been bombed, it's almost like that. Mm-hmm. You know you're in the rubble and you're trying to find your way out of it and back through um, to a place where you can see the light again, and <clears throat> so it's uh, with mindfulness. Um, it was very difficult for me to practice in those early weeks um, and yeah early weeks and months after Matthew's death because I was all consumed in his loss and the sadness the sadness of it and all the secondary things that go with that you know like mm-hmm. trying to support other people and just get yourself back to work and all those things right um, but with the mindfulness, uh, what I did, um, I had a wonderful friend who would call me and she would just breathe with me, you know, on the phone and remind me to take a deep breath because I had difficulty myself. I was teaching it, but I had difficulty trying to take those deeper breaths, you know, and uh, because uh, it, uh, it takes you so far away from that space. The, the grief, right? Yeah. Just I think it'd be nice actually right now. Let's take a moment to just pause mm. and take a breath. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the listeners can do that too. Is there something that you say when when you get people to breathe or you just be, you're just in silence and you ask them to breathe? Just ask them to shift their focus from outside of themselves to inside. Okay. So if yeah. you're driving right now, just shift your focus. Yeah, but keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> And by tuning into the inhale and the exhale, um, you will learn that there is a pause there in between. 
and it's the pause that actually gives you that ability to stay present and to stay with the breath. And some people will do a count, you know, maybe a, a one, two, three count to the inhale, mm. and a couple seconds to the pause, and then a, a one, two, three, or four count to the exhale. All right, yeah. It, it, just taking that moment, even like a minute, it changes your, your sense of self, I think. It just gives you your breather, I guess. And it helps you to sort of get focused back in the internal the moment rather than all the other things in life. So thank you for leading us sort of through that and quickly. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So let's now uh, talk about any dreams you've had after mm. your loss. Since you talked about Matthew, have you had any dreams of him since he's passed away? Oh, in, in the beginning, I had, um, I had a few, yes. Um, and when I say in the beginning, it was probably within the first few months. And, um, and I think that's pretty common for some people. Um, and there was one particular dream I remember of him where he was, uh, he was walking away from me. And he had this little, those, almost like, you know, the old medical bags that the doctors used to carry when they would go door to door, right? And he was carrying that. And what I noticed in the, in, right off the hop was that the clothes he was wearing. Mm-hmm. And the clothes he was wearing was something he would never have worn here in, <laughs> on earth, <laughs> uh, in his earthly life. Um, he was wearing a nice sort of beige pants and like dress sort of pants and a, and a light pink colored shirt. Okay. And uh, I noticed his shoes were really shiny. What would he normally um, wear? He would normally have worn jeans that were baggy, and uh, he would dress like us, Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoodie, hoodie, yeah, and his his heavy metal kind of t-shirt stuff mm. that he wore, um, and and I noticed that he was just very. There was something very pristine about him, the way his hair was styled, um, and when he he turned slightly to the left and looked over, he didn't look all the way over at me just a little bit and I got the sense that he was going on getting on a plane somewhere and um, I didn't see the plane but just that he was going to be going somewhere far away right and I woke up being a little bit um, scared and sad I thought where's he going he's leaving he can't leave and um, so I spoke to a friend who's very open and into all of this stuff and she said he's going to school He's going to school. He's going to do what he is there to do. You know, he's going to learn what he is now there to do, and that made me feel a whole ton better. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, so so it it was a it was a helpful dream because it helped me know that he was going to um, maybe complete a mission or continue on with the mission that I thought he very much would have here okay um, but didn't have the opportunity to that's so interesting and has that been your only dream or have you had dreams after that no I had other dreams after mostly mostly positive Mm. um, but I I, you know one uh, and at different stages of his life Uh, so in one another dream he was very young uh, maybe eight or nine, oh. and he um, he was coming down for breakfast, 
and he wasn't he was just wearing his pajama bottoms and that's usually what he did and he kind of peeked around the corner came down into the kitchen where I was and he just started getting out his cereal box and is pouring his cereal and I'm standing there amazed and in awe thinking oh my god he's here he's here because this you know it's like oh my gosh and he looked at me and, and I went over and I hugged him and he said what are you doing mom what are you doing like because in his where he was he hadn't died mm. right he was just getting up and getting his cereal right right and I was just so wow to see him and they what that dream left me was was I actually felt him physically mm. And, and that was really wonderful because I think at that point it had been about five years. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, and, and even though he was a boy versus a young man at 27 when mm -hmm. he died, um, I felt him. Oh, I wow. physically felt him. So it was yeah. still a comfort to you seeing him. It was very yeah. comforting, very comforting. And it's interesting because mm -hmm. not everyone has a dream where they get to hold their loved one, mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting because if you could make a dream up, that's probably the first thing you'd want, oh, yeah. right? You want to touch them, you want to like, you know, yeah. but a lot of people, they see them in the distance, they're talking in the distance, there's not that, you know, that, you know, I guess that, uh, the, just, they had the, the physical contact that you'd think a lot of these dreams would have. Yeah, most of them have been, like you say, from a distance. Mm. I think that's the only one that I can recall where there was a physical touch, like, right. where you were able to touch, yeah. Wow. All right, so those are amazing dreams. Thank you for sharing uh, those stories. So if there's a dream that you maybe could make, so if you had one tonight, what dream would you want with Matthew in it? I'd like to sit down with him and talk about um, what he's doing, mm. what he's doing now. And, um, you know, maybe what he thinks about what's what's happening um, in our family, you know. Mm. Um, what he'd like to say to us, what he'd like to tell us, and um, yeah, I think mainly what, what what he's doing now. Okay. And because a part of me really believes that he um, he has some kind of a an ability or connection to bring people to a place where they can get support. Mm -hmm. And I just I just believe that he's doing that. It's the same That's thing you're doing. That's part eh? of his work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. And so, yeah. what age would you want him to be? Oh, that's interesting. Wow. Because he would be 35 now. Mm. Um, but I still think of him at 27. So you want him to be 27? And what do you want him to wear? That's the question. Mm, do you want him I'd, in slacks I'd or want him to wear what, jeans? What, whatever he was wearing. Anything. <laughs> yes. Anything is good. Anything. <laughs> just not naked, eh? Just, yeah. Just, yeah, okay. yeah. No, anything. Yeah. I, I think... Um, yeah, and I just want to be able to probably hold his hand the whole time. <laughs> mm, nice, nice. And would it be in like nature? Would it be like what mm. what place would you want that? Oh, you know, that's a, that's a good question too. Um, yeah, nature would be great because Matthew loved nature. Mm. He loved being, we he you know he loved being out in the country. He did farm work for a while. Um, I grew up on a farm, so oh, wow. yeah. So I think nature would be great. And he loved animals. Mm. Um, so any kind of, you know, four-legged that wanted to come along and join us, he would love. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. So you yeah. could even be, like, in the wilderness building an ark. Yeah, <laughs> all the never, animals coming yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think he would want all of us, all yeah. of his family there, his yeah. sisters and his dad, and, uh, and just 
yeah, have one great visit, you know, wow. and yeah yeah well it sounds like mm -hmm. a, a beautiful dream hopefully you can uh, get a dream like that sooner or later but at yeah. the end of the day i think you're a wonderful mom and you have a great heart and i know matthew is continuing to be proud of you as you move forward and using his experience as a way to help others right yeah yeah thank you thank you Josh. yeah That's, thank you for sharing your story i really feel like mm -hmm. You know, listening to stories like yours, it just makes me think we can't keep passing this off as, oh, it's all created in your head. You know, mm, it just it's no. not. You know, I really believe there's elements where our loved ones are on journeys too, and they're with us, and they're over here, and they're over there. But you know, they still have a place. We just don't know. We just don't know enough, and we'll get there hopefully someday. Or but it takes talking about it and learning about it. To, to get there. Yeah, I always say it, the person knows, right? Like they know when mm -hmm. they have that dream, there's a feeling. And it's not based on the imagery too much. It's more based on the feeling when they wake up. And that's something you can't really test. That's, right. yeah. that's so true. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's so true. Well, Kimberly, mm -hmm. it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for coming to see us and thank you for being on the podcast. Um, what are some of your contacts people can uh, reach you? Uh, well, oh, yep. Yeah. So it's the www.bereavedmothersretreat.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, if people can shoot you an email if they'd like. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, my, no spam. My, <laughs> the, the Ryan Kimberly? Email? Yes, Ryan Kimberly1023 uh, at gmail.com. Yeah, that's Matthew's birthday, October Excellent. 23rd. Wow, yeah. beautiful. <laughs> uh, if, thank, thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you. And also check out Angel Fest if you're local and uh, on Facebook. It's on, on Facebook. the Facebook. Oh, it's yes. on Facebook too. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, if you want to know more about Grief Dreams, please visit our website at griefdreams.ca. Uh, there's also some research articles provided by Joshua Black on there. So check that out. You could visit us on Instagram and Twitter at Grief Dreams uh, as well. You can check out the newsletter. The podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean.com, and most other podcast apps. Uh, as well, you could shoot us a line at griefdreamspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. The New Beginning.